If you're ready to take ownership of your development, but don't know where to start, I'm sharing the strategies that help me take ownership of my career and step into my purpose as a leader of impact. This episode is brought to you by the Impactful Leadership Mixtape. The mixtape is your permission slip to become a leader of impact and show the true value of your expertise. You can download the Leadership Impact audio and a 20-page guide at lacymckinney.com slash leadership mixtape. You're listening to Creators Conversations that features dope creatives, innovators, and leaders from around the world, giving their perspective on life, pivots, and everything in between. I'm your host, Lacey McKinney, so let's get into it. Welcome back to Creators Conversations. I am back with another episode. In this episode, I'm going to break down, I guess, everything I wish I knew when I first started Um, in leadership. And so I've been in leadership for the last 17 years um, now, and I have been in different, um, I guess I would say I've been in the same career field, just working with different teams, different type of teams, whether I was working with my individual team uh, within my office, or whether I was working with a team on a committee, a board, what have you. And so there were some things that I wish I knew going into leadership. And so I want to share them with you to kind of help you along specifically, or if you are a new leader that's coming into the game, or even maybe some of you all that have been in leadership for many years um, and just need some tips to try to figure out how do you navigate uh, the working world, um, navigate through your work life and how you interact with people and everything. And so I have five different things that I wish I knew when I first started my leadership position. So number one, Spend the first 30 days learning. Um, And I know you're like 30 days, first 30 days learning. What am I learning? What am I doing? And so when I'm talking about that, I mean, when you're coming in into a new situation, getting up to speed is your first priority. So this is you coming into a new position, uh, coming into a new company, and you are first getting in there to, to say that I started this new job. Now what? I'm telling you, spend the first first 30 days kind of learning, um, the, you know, the how may look a little different for each person, but the why will remain the same. And so I'm saying simply put that you are the new girl or guy, and it's your job to learn and learn fast. I'm telling you, start with knowing who you are, reporting to directly, and who are your direct reports. So these are the questions that you're um, asking when you're first coming in, you are going to spend the time getting to know them, you know, possibly go to lunch with them or schedule coffee dates, whatever it may look like, but try to get to know who you are uh, directly reporting to and your direct reports. Um, Next, find out who holds the knowledge. So after you've done that work of getting to know your direct report and the people that are reporting to you, your next step in the game in in these uh, first 30 days of you being in a company, being in a new position, you are finding out who holds the knowledge. Um, And so this is the person that has been in the department, the longest division at the company, um, what have you. Seek out that person, go find who it is because they hold all this knowledge and the knowledge that you need um, when you're coming into this new leadership position. Let them know that you are interested in learning from them. That's flattery, right? You are flattering them when you're saying, hey, I want to know what you know. I'm coming in new. 
And I know that you have been here. You hold a lot of knowledge and I respect and honor that. And so I want to get to know you and get to know what you have um, kind of in your brain. So you're picking their brain. This is those conversations that you are having within this conversation. You want to ask about the company culture um, and who are the important decision makers. I'm saying this will guarantee this conversation will kind of open up other things as you go along that are worthy of you knowing. Just pay attention and take notes. That's pretty much what I'm telling you. I'm kind of starting off in these the first 30 days. I wish I would have known that because I did. I can't say that I did that when I first went into these different uh, positions, specifically getting into leadership positions. I did not take the time to understand that. Of course, I knew who you know the person that I de- directly reported to, but I don't think I spent the time saying, "Hey, let's go out to coffee, go out to lunch." Because they're trying to teach you what's going on in in the business and everything else, but you are not getting to know them as a person, understanding a lot of their expectations. I think that stuff kind of comes along. But if you kind of do that that information gathering up front, then you'll be um, along in the game as you go on into the company. So after you've done those two things, or rather yet those three things within your first 30 days, Your next step is to reach out to others that sit parallel to you in the organization. These individuals will help you learn about the projects that the organization is working on. Um, Ask the questions of how you can plug in and and find out about, you know, the blind spots that may be there, but no one quite has figured out how to solve them. These are the things that you're talking through with those that sit parallel to you uh, within the same position, within the same division, however kind of your company is laid out. Um, you want to know, you know, it's a lot, uh, but you want to get smart as quickly as possible. And that's the best way to show your value in an organization and be able to present your plans before your 30 day review. So mind you, you're getting up to speed. You're getting smart as possible within your 30 days. So when you get to that point of getting to the 90 day window, when reviews happen, when they try to figure out whether you uh, should stay within the company or if you are not benefiting them as they go along, but they will see that in those 30 days, you've done all of that learning. You've talked to different people, you've connected, people are going to notice. And so that's what you want to do. And so that's the first thing I would say that I wish I would have known going into my first leadership position. So the second thing I want to talk about is team dynamics don't change because the leader changes. So Let's talk about this a little bit more, um, go a little deeper. So unless you're going into a new position or a new department, the previous team is likely still there. A lot of times you're coming in new, they're not wiping out people unless they really had some things go on within in that department. Um, so you're going to still inherit some of those people that are there. And so that team dynamic will not change just because you're coming in new. So I'll tell you again, that's why A 30-day learning plan is very key. You're able to understand the team dynamics just by listening to everyone. So you've done that work within your first 30 days. And so a part of that that I said I wish I would have known to do was to get to know uh, those people on the team, sit with them and ask them questions. So this goes into your the next thing that I'm talking about is the team dynamics don't change. And so you spent that time listening to them. So you're trying to understand kind of what's going on. Uh, You will learn what worked and what did not work. Um, by doing this process, you may also inherit discipline issues that were going on previously. That's a big thing that I'll say that you pay attention to. And one thing I'll tell you is that if you are inheriting those discipline issues, please never, never say that the slate is clean. 
No, you kind of start with where they are with those discipline issues because just because you've come into the situation doesn't mean that those discipline issues are going to go out of the door. So this is not you wiping the slate clean. So you become that leader that everyone has said, oh, yes, I'm glad we got you. We got you. Those things never go away. So I just wanted you to be mindful of that. Although another topic for another conversation in the last stages of the interview, draft a few questions to ask the panel. So this is you. When I said those those things, those issues that have may have come up, some of this stuff may come up in front of you um, when you've done that. Like I said, this that'll take a whole nother um, podcast to kind of do. But just you know, start draft some questions to kind of ask the um, the panel about, and you know, kind of giving you a hint. Team dynamics would be a question to ask uh, before you go in there. Knowing this information up front helps you to shape how you address change within your new role. The last thing you want to do is step on toes or make the situation worse. The best approach is to allow the team to shape what changes you are looking to implement uh, within the situation. So that's the second thing I would say. And the second thing that I wish I knew when I first went into a leadership position was about team dynamics and understanding that they don't change just because me as a leader is coming in to the situation. The third thing I want to talk about um, and the thing that I wish I knew early on in my leadership career was building relationships really, really do matter. And relationship building has always been an important part of work life. However, as you move into new roles, this concept is more important. So when we talk about building relationships, we're talking about the balance between the casual hello to those you may choose to spend time with outside of work. I don't want you to misconstrue that because there are relationships that you'll build that will go a little further. But this is a little different what I'm talking about when I'm talking about building relationships. Um, I look at these two activities, opposite ends of the spectrum. So I'm talking about where those casual hellos are and where the people that you choose to spend time outside. Like I said, we're not mixing those two together. When I look at relationship building, it's the quick check-ins, you know, that you may have with colleagues. And, and so some of those check-ins, maybe you asking about their kids and how the kids are doing, spouses, maybe you knew they had birthday plans. So this is that casual thing that's happening within the uh, workplace that kind of helps you guys let down your guard and, and remove the always talking about work. Um, I don't want to call it a syndrome, but sometimes we get into that mode and we forget to do that casual conversations um, or what have you. That starts the whole piece of relationship building. It's being able to work on a committee with someone and become a contributing member. Uh, perhaps it's picking up the phone to call a coworker that you know may have missed a meeting and you want to get them up to speed. Any of those things starts to help you kind of build the relationships. Um, I do not want you to misread this as I'm asking you to be friends with everyone at the company. That is not what I'm talking about when I'm talking about relationship building. It's when you look at relationship building, you're placing yourself in a position to be considered when opportunities open up in your organization and contrary to building relationships in your organization, I believe it's just as important to connect with others at different organizations as well. Um, and so I'm just going to go back kind of, um, you know, like what I said, talking about connecting with people at other organizations, that is important, but I want you to, I want to kind of back up because I went, I went past that with my notes a little bit fast. And so, you know, when I was talking about relationship building, and about putting yourself in a position to be considered with other opportunities open up in your organization. You just don't know how much that really, you know, holds true and, you know, shows um, 
for people to kind of keep you front of mind. And so when you are building those relationships and you are showing up and, and showing who you are and people are getting to know you, that opens doors a little bit um, because, yes, we can show them how smart we are, how, how we're going to show up and, you know, do the job that they hired us to do. But also on top of that, building relationships and getting to know people and being around within the organization um, kind of helps with that as well. And so that's one thing I'll tell you within this. If you don't hear anything else with this building relationship piece, that's one thing I want you to keep top of mind uh, for the reasons why you are building those relationships. And then moving forward into my notes with uh, build the relationships uh, with others that are in different organizations. I, I think that's important as well uh, because you are getting to know them. You're getting to know what you guys are working on, what, what you, you know, and, and you're sharing that information. And so what happens there is that you're building relationships outside possibly and potentially that could be a position that opens up in their organization. They're going to think of you. Or possibly you're working on a project um, that you need a little assistance with. You can pick up the phone and say, hey, this is what we're doing. Have you guys built any policies around X? Could you send them over to me? Because this would really help me, you know, move this project along. Any of those things um, could be possible. I want you to, you know, don't feel like you have to be limited to your own career field either. I know myself, I've stepped out, you know, of my career field to get to know a couple of people. And I'll tell you um, just one little short story about, you know, once I went to a presentation hosted by 7-Eleven um, and the, the 7-Eleven de design team. And yes, I am talking about the corner store 7-Eleven. I don't know if you've paid attention to, but they've been doing a lot of innovative things within their stores, um, kind of opening up and, and doing, you know, some different things there. And so I went to a presentation to hear more about that. And it was their design team that was hosting that. And so later I reached out to them to see if they would host a group uh, from my organization. And so they said yes. Um, and we went over there. We spent about a half day with them doing, you know, design, working with their design team, participating in the design thinking activity. And so what it did was it took the team that I was working with um, into a new uh, atmosphere, a new environment, I would say. And it, you know, it taught them about design thinking. It took us through an activity and we were able to interact and, you know, get that creative feel. But this was from another team opposite of a career field that I, you know, am in and their design team. And I thought that was, you know, really cool where I, you know, kind of built that relationship. I was there. They, you know, I, I think I said, you know, talked with them um, there before I even sent the, you know, the message. I think we connected on LinkedIn before I even sent that message. I, I walked to them at the presentation and said, hey, I'm Lacey McKinney. This is what I do. I have this idea. You know, I'll, you know, send you a message a little bit more about it. But I just want to kind of know, want you to know who I am, you know, before I do that. And so that that's just like that purpose of building relationships and, and getting out. And, you know, the purpose of the, you know, the field trip, you know, that we did with this group was to empower creativity and innovation. And I felt like, you know, that they hit that right on the head and kind of helped me along being able to do that. And I wish I would have learned more about relationships early on in my career. You know, I thought if I was doing my job and, you know, the making minimal mistakes and there were, you know, we didn't have any customer complaints. I felt like I was winning in that moment, but I could have been doing, you know, a little bit more. Like I said, I learned this later on in my career and it wasn't until later in my career that I began to truly understand relationship building and what it really means. And so that's the third thing I'll tell you. New leaders coming in, people trying to figure out how to navigate the working world, being in leadership, building relationships. 
figure out how to build relationships, figure out how you're going to kind of break down those barriers to get to know people. Just reminding you, I'm not talking about saying that you have to be best friends with everyone, but you still have to have some type of relationship while you're working there. And, you know, just go beyond those casual hellos. So the fourth thing I want to break down to you is talking about for leaders, mental breaks are necessity. Mental breaks, and that could be anything um, that I'm talking about when I'm saying mental breaks, because for each person, it's going to be a a little bit different. So, you know, there are so many sayings about hard work pays off. Yes, I believe that. I think I, you know, I think that's one thing that's true. Um, But while that is being, you know, true about being overworked is bad for you and for your health. You know, I know we would all like to think that sitting at your desk for eight hours, uh, banging out something you know, within the day, you're being a good steward of your time, but we fail to realize that that is doing us some harm if we are working hard like that. It is causing us physical as well as mental harm. We have to realize that physically your body is beat down, your muscles are sore, and not to mention the mental side of it and the mental piece that you feel. It's like if you're sitting there that long and that's all you've constantly done and, and you know, not even just that within that day, but that's what your weakest look like and you are just like mentally drained, you're not going to be able to give 100% at your job. So for this point, I'm focusing on the kind of the mental harm within this. And so I'm saying schedule brain breaks throughout the day. You know, I'm saying that's a necessity. Your brain breaks throughout the day. I believe leadership should be telling their employees to take brain breaks. I think if you're, if you're, Leadership is not reminding. So you as a leader to your team, if you're not reminding them to make take brain breaks or they are not, you know, casually getting up from their desk to kind of move around the office and, you know, chat, small chatter and everything else is okay because that's part of that brain break and that necessity to kind of give your mind time to relax uh, before you go back and start on other tasks throughout the day as well. And so, a mental break can look different for everyone. I'll tell you that everything, there's no like cookie cutter or shortcuts within this. A mental break can look different for everyone. You know, one person may need to take breaks throughout the day and others may need to schedule workouts. I've done that, both of these, to be honest. Um, there was a time that my workout classes were on auto, so it would ding at me. So I'd put them on my calendar and they would kind of ding at me at the time. And really what I would do is give myself probably about... 15 to 20 minutes, even sometimes a little bit more so I could go get dressed, so I can go change, so I could finish up a task that I was working on for me to be able to go and uh, work out, you know, but sometimes going beyond just working out classes and these short breaks, taking days off is also a necessity. It's nothing like turning on your out of office uh, message and sitting on the couch for a day. So I'm not even saying that you have to come up and go and have this full lavish trip or what have you, but it might be just a day that you need to take off to kind of give yourself that mental break. Um, and then for others, it might be um, you taking a trip. So for everybody else, the way that they recharge is going to be a, a little different. For some people, it's turning that out of office message on, sitting on the couch for a day, just kind of binging some some Netflix or something like that. And for others, it's going to be them you know, going on a vacation, on a trip or something like that. Any of it is fine. 
taking a, a fitness class, getting up and having your, you know, 10 minute uh, cooler talks, water cooler talks, whatever. I know we don't have water cooler, you know, at the office or what have you, but any of those moments, just think about what I'm, you know, really ultimately saying to you, but I'm saying that the mental breaks are a necessity within the day. And like I said, for everyone, that's going to look a, a bit different, but I'm telling you that that is something that you should, you know, realize that I had to, you know, it took me a while to kind of realize within my leadership career, but I wish I'd have known that, you know, at first, instead of saying that I have to sit at this desk and I got to get this done. I, I, and I, I, you know, my, my head is hurting, my back is hurting, my muscles are tight, but I'm banging it out. I'm getting it done. I'm sitting there and doing it, but no, actually I was doing myself harm. And so I had to kind of learn that the hard way um, and everything else. And so what I started to do after learning those hard, um, you know, failures there with, with that, with those with not taking mental breaks, I said, you know what, I can't keep doing this. I can't keep um, going on like this. And so I did start to take my breaks putting my workouts on my calendars, making sure I was taking, you know, more vacations, make sure I was just saying, hey, this one day, I, I need a personal day. I'm going to take off uh, on a Friday to have a three-day weekend. And so I started to do that. And, and that kind of helped me along in my leadership journey. And so the next thing I want to talk about is having a definition of success. And so I know it's like, where does this fit in? Where does this actually fit in with what I wish I would have known when I was uh, starting my first leadership position? But, you know, to me, success looks different for everyone. I think we, we know that by now. And if you do not hear anything else of what I say within this podcast, I want you to understand, you know, that first line um, here that success looks different for everyone. You know, and as humans, we fall short because we are trying to measure up to our friends, the people on social media. And sometimes even our parents, you know, we spend so much time and so much of our whole lives trying to measure up to someone else's uh, measurements instead of our own. You know, recently I launched a course, you know, for the humble teacher and it, within this co course, I was focusing on student centric classes. And one of the techniques within the course was for people and for the teachers to ask the students their own definition of success. And so my thing is, if if people need to realize they have their own definition of success and be able to measure that and not it be something that someone else is putting in front of them. And so I, I put that in that course because I'm like, these are kids, these are the scholars that having to learn and you're, you're wanting them to have the feedback within their classroom environment. And so why not start them off uh, the first day of school um, or within that first you know week or so of having them start talking about the definition of success. And so if they start having those conversations early by the by the mid semester and by the end of the year, they are able to measure their own success and know how they need to kind of grow and what they need to, you know, kind of learn and what they need to do. And so I think that's important for us as adults. You know, I, I think to me, I asked the question, you know, like, why is this not taught in school? Why is not me, me figuring out what success looks like or having that conversation about what success looks like? That should have been something I was taught as a as a kid, but I don't think a lot of people talk about that. You know, if this type of skill was learned early on, then we can begin to live our lives and by our own measures of success rather than against someone else. You know, the question may be, what should be the benchmark? I know that's a question like, what am I measuring it against? Um, knowing may not come to you until you have time to kind of explore life, um, until you're taking the time to know yourself, 
uh, what you like and what you don't like, you know, so that that might take you a little time to understand what your measures are success are, but you are still kind of exploring who you are and spending time within your life, even having that as a mental thing, something that you have in your mind that you're trying to figure out your own benchmarks. Um, so that's the reason why I'm saying that, that it, it might come, you know, a little later for you. And so in this context, I'm talking about, you know, kind of your career and not, you know, necessarily your life. So what I would tell people is the way you're able to define and measure your success is maybe take on volunteer roles. So you can kind of figure out what you like, what you don't like. Um, you know, maybe you are interning or maybe you're spending a you're at a job and then you're deciding to leave. If that's not a good fit for you, you are exploring and trying to understand what your success looks like and what you like and what you want um, out of your career life um, as well. I believe doing this, you know, for me would have allowed me to explore other careers and learn new skills, perhaps even live abroad. I would have loved to do that, you know, kind of growing up. Rather, my success at this time was getting a job, you know, to kind of have some money. I finished school. And so that's what I figured my next steps would be is to, you know, go hustle and, and, and get a job. Let's get a job and make some money. You know, and now I find myself at this age kind of exploring, you know, although I feel like I still have time to do that. I just wish I would have done it early on in my career. And, you know, it would have been, you know, maybe meant to do that, you know, at the beginning and I could have been in, in a different place. You know, I'm not complaining. I'm not, you know, sounding, you know, somber or anything, but I'm just, I'm giving this information to you and to anyone that is listening. Um, and specifically, I'm talking to those people that are early on in their career fair, those early leaders, take the time to kind of explore and understand your own measures of success. That's the bottom line to that. Kind of explore so then you understand where your benchmark may be and then you can kind of build upon that instead of looking at other people and trying to build upon where they are and what they what success looks like for them. Because for everybody, it looks different. Um, and so the last thing I'll talk about is um, what I wish I knew when I first started my leadership journey was make learning a natural part of the leadership journey. OK, make sure you're investing in learning some things. You are early on in your career. There's going to be a lot of things that you come up against and a lot of things that you face that you won't know. And so if you are learning and, and putting all that knowledge within your head, you're going to be, you know, further into the game and you're going to you know, be successful if you are you know, learning and, and kind of going through that learning journey. Um, if you are just getting started, you know, invest in your own learning is the jumping point is what I would say. You starting to kind of invest in that. A lot of times you are, you know, within your these companies, ask questions to see if there's a budget for you to kind of go get training and, and learning and buying books and stuff like that. That is out there. Um, if it's not, um, I would say start with picking up a book. Books are, are um, kind of an inexpensive way. Podcasts are free. You know, there are, you know, your ability to do courses on LinkedIn, um, all of those things are trying to be ways that you can kind of invest in yourself, whether you have the money, whether your organization has the money or whether you have to kind of just, um, you know, do some small things on your own to keep growing as a leader. And quite frankly, balancing that way of learning with the knowledge from others, those that have been in the game longer is even more valuable. So, you know, early on, I said to reach out to those that are knowledgeable uh, within your organization, within your company, those people that have been around along, use that as a, a means and a mode for kind of learning 
um, and asking questions and everything else. It doesn't always have to come from a book. It can come from other people. Um, you know, and I would say that that's kind of that, you know, I would call it somewhat generational knowledge um, that I'm talking about, that you're learning from other people by asking that those questions to make learning a part of your journey. Um, asking those that come before you uh, for help makes it, it makes you seem like you don't, you know, know the job. It does not make it seem like that. That's basically what I'm trying to say, that it doesn't make you seem like you don't know the job. You're just asking questions and you're using this as a means to you actually learning. You know, at some point in time, we were at the same, at the early stages. I myself was, and I wish I would have known that, you know, me making learning a natural part of, of my journey and a natural part of my leadership journey would really help me out in the long run. I think it wasn't until I went and moved into uh, the second company um, that I worked for um, when I kind of say I went into my career field that I started to understand that there was trainings out there. There was courses that I could actually buy books uh, within my budget, all of those type of things. And that I didn't necessarily have to stay, you know, within my you know career field that I was able to try to find other means and modes of learning with other um courses and other uh, conferences that were not necessarily, say, t attached to, you know, my career field and what I was doing every day. Because one thing you don't want to do is put yourself kind of in a box, but you can find some of these conferences that will have a leadership track to them, but they may be speaking more to the creative careers. That's okay, because leadership still is leadership. You know what I mean? And so you're maybe uh, able to make that pitch and make that connection then, you know, you're able to get that money to be able to go and learn something different, be around new uh, people. And that's kind of even helping you grow as well. And so wrapping all of that up and talking about the five things that I wish I knew um, before I started my leadership journey, before I got into leadership, these are the five things. I hope they kind of resonated with you. If you are coming in, you know, new or if you've been in leadership for a while, you say, you know what? Check on that one, check on that one. But you know what? I need to work on this other one. I hope that I provided that for you. Um, and so I want you to, you know, really use these. If you are new coming in, you know, you may uh, be special or offer your unique strengths, but people are now looking for you for the answers within these leadership positions. And so if you're doing that work up front, you're making sure that you are fully devoted to your self-development. That is the key. That's how progress actually occurs. I know it might sound cliche, but every moment of personal growth matters and leading to something important. Being a leadership role is big responsibility. So, but I won't lie, getting your ducks in a row is no easy or even a quick task. So I hope that you take these tips, put them to good use in your new leadership role. And I'm going to say congrats on your leadership role. I'm excited for you and I hope you win.